Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. We are here at the California International Marathon in Sacramento. It is 2023 and this means it is a OTQ year. The last day of the OTQ window and what better place to be than the California International Marathon. The race just ended a couple hours ago and we are here with Tim Rossi who helped pace the women's OTQ group through 15 miles. Tim, I was saying this before when we were not recording, so I had a chance to, when I thought we were recording, but we weren't, so I'm gonna say it again. I love my job, doing this stuff is fantastic, but if I had to switch with anybody, it would be you, because this sounds like such a fun thing to do. So how do, how did you, in particular, get the OTQ pacing job, which seems to be such a coveted spot for someone who's interested in doing this sort of thing? Yeah, 100%, I think it's, uh, I, I completely agree, first of all, I think it was for any runner to be part of that day. Uh, or, or today, I, we're talking about today right now, but to be part of people's OTQ journeys is like super, super exciting. It's a really uh, special goal that a lot of what I call like regular runners, I guess they're not really regular. They're definitely in that elite sphere, but uh, a lot of people who have full-time jobs, whatever, OTQing is such a huge goal and, and I am not capable of OTQing myself, but that's fine. Like I, I've somehow figured out a way to still be part of it, which is super, super fun. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I essentially like knew when the window closed, I've been at CIM before. I was here in 2018. I was actually here last year in 2022. We were talking before. I get years confused. So 2022. Um, just know how special this race is. And, and a few months ago, I was preparing for the Chicago Marathon, and I knew that I might have a chance to come back and pay. So I signed up for the race, uh, emailed the race director, or just the generic one. I should actually say there's a generic email that you can reach out to. It maybe was the elite athlete coordinator. Yeah, exactly. If you want to do this, that's, that's what you should do. Uh, but reached out and was essentially like, hey, I'm coming out to CIM. My goal is to try and help some buddies OTQ. Uh, we were talking before as well, the company I work for, Bandit Running, has some athletes that they support, but also simultaneously wanted to figure out a way to to support the larger community because like there's a bunch of different brands, there's a bunch of different teams, and like I don't really care. It's a race. Like We should support everyone. So we wanted to support those individuals however we could. We were going to be out here. Um, so I reached out to the race and was like, hey, I would like to run 237. I'm going to run 237 is actually what I said. Uh, I don't need any support. I don't need any money. Um, I'm going to be here. And they emailed me back and were like, awesome, cool. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. Uh, so I think they just let me do my thing, which is awesome. That is fantastic. And you have your own running goals. We were talking about this before that, you know, you have your own goal of breaking 230 in the marathon, which is an august goal. Like a lot of people would love to be at that level. And it's something you have to train really hard for over a number of years. So how do you manage trying to reach a goal like that and the race choices that go along with hitting that goal in conjunction with, you know, again, pacing CIM where this could have easily been a race where you said, hey, I want to break 230. Why not just go do it at CIM as opposed to doing what you ended up doing today? Yeah, I think uh, so. I think it just worked out really, really well this year. Um, I was doing Chicago. I guess it's a little over two months ago now. I'm probably doing that math wrong. Roughly two months ago now. It's a little less than two months ago now. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah. a little harder about that. Uh, but that was kind of my shot. I tried to run 230 there. Uh, didn't do it, ran 232, but still super excited and, and happy with that result. Um, and, and the guy who's coaching me now, previously self-coached, but now Derek 
Eric Lopez, who Peter knows. Um, D'Lo, shout out to D'Lo. Uh, great guy. He was very open to the idea. It was kind of a, like, let's touch and see. We're not going to rush back. We're not going to hammer workouts. We're not going to hammer long runs. But, like, if you are capable of it, we will, like, get here and see how long you can go kind of thing. Just shout out to coaches there for a second. Because, yeah. like, you know, we all have so many aspirations. And, Tim, you're so excited about so many events that, like, you'd want to get into all things. And it's helpful to have someone say, like, hey, how about I help you think through your own goals? So, yeah, you're building. You mentioned earlier you're building up to Boston. So, you know, you've got to pump the brakes a little bit before you start that. Um, but you also glossed over 18. You didn't just run CIM. You helped some people qualify. You were part of, like, that finish line experience of people achieving their dreams. So you were trying to recreate that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, in 2018, definitely different than 28 or 2019, which was like the last kind of window. But still, you're completely right. Still, so many people came out here. Uh, 244 was the goal that day, and had done in a in a significantly more subtle capacity. Like had my race bib, jumped in the race, um, ran the OTQ pace with uh, the OTQ women's group again, and, and that was super super awesome. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I, I'm familiar with the energy. I know that it gets me excited about running, but Peter. Peter's, uh, Peter's also completely right right now. Like I definitely get excited sometimes and, uh, and, and having like someone pull me back, which was part of the conversation with this, like my coach and I ended up a little bit of go uh, essentially decided on a window. Like today I was going to go as short as 13 and as long as 16. And like, I could have pulled the plug at various points. I, I'm a pretty firm believer. I talked to a few of the other pacers that bandit running had out here as well that were supporting, um, just like the, the things that I've learned over the years, which is namely, if it gets really, really hard, I don't want to get in anyone else's heads. Like if I'm struggling at six flat pace and it's eight miles in, like I, I don't want to start like huffing and puffing too, too much. Cause I, as an athlete would be really worried about that. So like, Hey, when you start feeling bad, don't like grit it out for two miles. Like just, just step off when you start feeling bad, which everyone who was out there, I mean, and they had a variety of pacers out there as well, which was super cool. Everyone seemingly did an amazing job, which was super, super cool. That is great stuff. One thing I want to do before we talk any further is give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, ASICS. We got the ASICS Nova Blast 4 right in front of us for those of you watching on YouTube. I love these shoes. I have, as Peter knows, because he's sharing room with me, I have five pairs of ASICS in the room today. <laughs> and if you're curious, I bought almost all of them except for that pair because they weren't they weren't uh, they weren't actually available for purchase when they sent them to me. So uh, thank you to ASICS for sponsoring all of our CIM coverage. Now, Tim, when you get that situation where like you're, you're, you're pacing this group. Obviously like people can pace can approach pacing differently when you have a, like a, a race course, like CIM, where especially the first four miles can be pretty drastic in terms of the downhill features of the course in conjunction with, it can be crowded even at a fast pace like that, like a normal, say the Providence marathon where I live, if someone's running two thirty-seven to two forty-two pace, they're not going to be around other people for very long if at all. However, and we'll talk about this more extensively later on in the conversation, a race like this, it's a thick group. So how quickly do you get up to race pace and how do you manage race pace when things aren't flat? Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, the most interesting one. Peter's ran CIM as well. Well, I know so. the course super well. And if you said run 237, I'm like, how, how? do you, like, which way? <laughs> like, what would help them the most? And like, and then you probably have to communicate in some manner, like this is how we're going to go about it because it's not straight. It's not straight yeah, at all. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting one. To the communication point, first of all, we were standing in the corral and me and the two other people I was with that had the same objective, we kind of just raised our hands and yelled at everyone. Like we didn't bring a sign, which we probably should have, but we were like, hey, 
just in a loud voice like 237 we're doing it like if you want to follow like follow us or look for us <laughs> look for us our way or the it. highway yeah exactly but i i mean it, it's a really good one we were talking about it before as well like i to kind of frame my mind i went back and looked at the splits from last year i knew the individual uh who was part of the pack that i was running with last year so i just pulled up her results and i was looking at the splits of like what we hit 5k what we hit 10k what we hit the half in and what jumped out to me immediately was like they had places that you were in on there like kind of cross-country style scoring which is cool we were in like 475th place which is nuts wow like yeah which is crazy i love this race so much <laughs> it's just nuts and i mean and it's like guys going for the otq ladies going for the win ladies otq like the groups are huge and it's we again we're talking about this there's the course rolls so there was a point when i was able to look up and it's up the road and it's five wide as far as you can see yeah, it's i mean just it, hundreds of people this race is becoming I mean, it's the 40th year like shout out anniversary and it's always been known for being a good runner's course but like even from five six years ago when i first ran it you used to have like that's that pack now that's that pack and as I actually didn't, I was standing at mile six and I saw you, but I didn't even start my video till late because it's just like a massive humanity and you're not really sure. In years past, you'd be like, there's the women's OTQ pack and they're coming at us. And now it's like, well, here's some people, here's some more people. It was just incredible, which means I think people are coming in from all over the world. We've met these people this weekend who are like, well, I want to run to 33. And I'm like, awesome. And so then just so many of those people slotting in, it's incredible. Peter, we should mention what you did on the course day because we're going to reference yeah. what you saw throughout the time because you had your own responsibilities today. Oh yeah. So I decided I just um, wanted to be out there. I couldn't resist like being on course. Um, Shout out to just wearing a high vis vest and jumping on a bike and being, so I went out to the start and, uh, biked the first four miles, which, uh, really proved to me how downhill they are. You're like, you are rolling. Yeah. I battled four times and just rolled to met some friends at five. Um, and then cheered on, waited for the mass of humanity. And it was just, it blew me away. And like, just for context, like handful of years ago, 245 was the women's OTQ. And it's also just like a, it's a demarcation in amateur running of like trying to go for 245, you know? Um, and I had no idea where the 245 pack was. So for instance, Nick bear, like big celebrity, he was going for 245. He'd announced it. Dude was just running on the side of the road amongst a mass of humanity. Um, there was no pack. There was just hundreds of people ahead of him, hundreds of people behind him. I mean, I thought he was going to have like, you know, bodyguards and like photographers. Like, no, it's just like, it's just this, all these like, people who are they love running and they're out here. And so then sure enough, before that we see this, I mean, you know, it's stretched from both sides of the road, just so many women and also men who are like, Hey, I mean, I have written an essay about like, I wanted, I wanted to break six minute pace. And I did that at Chicago. It was probably like 20 of us men a decade ago. And we were all slipping in running six minute pace. That would be the equivalent here, except for hundreds of people. So like, yeah, I'm curious, like you start out with, who are your other pacers? So from Bandit, it was me, John, and my girlfriend, Aaron. Aaron's okay. already qualified. John Rice works with me. He does a lot of content for Bandit. Uh, we both work for the company now. And then we had two guys. One was the the official official. So we had a bib on his back that let him know OTQ pace. Uh, this guy, Brendan Martin, who's my physical therapist, uh, he was pacing the dudes. And this guy, Liam, who's like four flat miler, who was also pacing the dudes. 
Woods. And then Tim Tomlinson mm-hmm. was out there yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And then, the, I mean, and that was the cool thing is like, I think there were ultimately, Tim being one of them, like another three people that the race had pulled in uh, who committed to going the entire way, which is amazing as well. Like that's super, super cool. Uh, and then I also have a buddy uh, who works for Nike actually. And he was out there as well. Very similar. He's out with Mill City. A bunch of people from Mill City were coming out here and he just decided he wanted to jump in um, and, and try and run 237. He didn't end up going the whole way. That was his goal. Um, but it was cool because like we kind of got out there and we knew, I think, where your question was going. Like there were us three and we lost everyone <laughs> at the start. Anyone who's ran a marathon, you know how hectic the corrals get. Uh, so it was kind of this idea. And then at the same time, though, which was very helpful is there's uh, specifically in New York, uh, a massive sub elite women's community that are chasing after the OTQ standard. So we were familiar with a, a number of individuals who are in the elite field. That's exactly where I wanted to go next. Because yeah. as a member, as like a strong member of the New York running scene, you've been there for a long time. You're so active in that group. And, you know, you came on the Rimley Runner podcast, I think it was like four years ago now and talked extensively about this. In addition to your own running background, how many people did you know in this group? And what was that like? Because to not only be helping people reach their goals, but have this vested interest because you know them personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the women's group in particular, there were probably four or five people that I knew out there. Like, pretty familiar this year it was actually interesting this year there were significantly more guys that were coming out from new york chasing the standard which is just cool to see the like men's side in new york city where again the the woman's side of the sub elite community has been i mean i think anyone would argue it like significantly stronger than the men's sub elite community in new york which is really really cool to see and i absolutely think there is a a connection between all these ladies that were chasing the otq standard and especially in 2020 achieving that standard that group was amazing watching from afar like how strong and committed they were together it was it was incredible and even today like i'm not connected to that group at all i think i saw 12 women that i recognized from 2019 here like at the finish line doing doing similar things i was like and those are just people i just saw in passing like it wasn't like I like had planned on seeing them. I was like, holy cow, like this group really, as you said, like it was so strong. And it's interesting that it helped build up the men's side as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just like everyone's, it's becoming part of your your connection at some point. It's like you're, you're connected with someone who was chasing after the OTQ standard in 2020, whether it's a guy or a girl, a person from a different country, whatever it might be. And it just so happens that like New York is that kind of melting pot of running. It's a massive cliche, but it's also real. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it's really, really interesting to see how many people have ended up in New York now. And, and that was extraordinarily helpful, though, of like looking for those people to be like okay like peter to your point the the packet especially the first 5k this is what i remembered from last year it's just like a little bit of madness like everyone's all over the place some people get out really hard because it's downhill some people don't get out super hard uh because they want to ease into it if you will which is very hard to do at cim with how fast the first mile is but uh nuts (laughs) yeah you're flowing downhill i mean and also that like just shout out to the people in new york who we we hung out in new york a month ago for the new york city marathon that is like the you know crescendo of the city the running community people from all over and yet there's these nerds who on relay we affectionately call them running nerds you know um who are like no no no, i'll see you in a month you know um and i i ran into a few of those a month ago and they're like no no i'll see you out in sacramento and so it's kind of like and those people have to wait like they have to be doing their peak training you know they have to get up before the new york city marathon and go i'm going to put in some really heavy mileage because four weeks from now is my really big race so yeah 
nuts. And I mean, in like New York City, Mar- I mean, in New York, the calendar goes, and I would argue probably, I'm less familiar with not New York, <laughs> obviously, but like seemingly everywhere. It's Berlin, Chicago, New York. New York, Philly matters because Philly's two weeks after. Really, really cool. They did some cool stuff after Sandy a few years ago. So like there's a, a an affinity of the New York runner to the Philly marathon. But to exactly Peter's point, like the energy dies after that. No one's training. You go to Thanksgiving. It's the holidays. Like you're checking out. And there's so many people. And actually, it's reminded me like OTQ woman, OTQ men, but like. 230 guys, three flat guys trying to BQ, 330 woman trying to BQ. Like this race has become that race for all of those. In I met some of those goals. on shakeout runs yesterday. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I live in Brooklyn. Like I have my Brooklyn mile, you know, water bottle. And I'm here because like I, it's almost like, yes, they're moving up in time, but they're also moving up in like, I'm taking this seriously and I'm willing to admit to myself, like I'm going to fly to a nerdy marathon on the other side of the country. Yeah. So it was cool to see. I've met a lot of people like that. Yeah. And it's interesting how you framed it. Like, all right, this basically extended the endurance calendar. Yeah. Right? Instead of just people like, all right, what's the, uh, what's the calendar of the armory? Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. this winter. <laughs> well, hey, trust me. The, the armory's first 5k is in like two weeks, which is nuts <laughs> to think about. And you're going to definitely see some CIMers turn around and try and run a 5k. It's like, oh, Oh, man, it's going to be brutal. Uh, it's going to be fun. But no, yeah, I mean, it's it's so cool how big this race has gotten within the the running nerd sphere. Is honestly, probably the best way to put it. So after the start of the race, you, you find your rhythm. Talk to me about, like, how conscious you are not only of, you know, the pace that you're running and how you're feeling doing it, but of the women around you and how conscious you have to be in that situation. And maybe not that conscious at all. Maybe it's just, hey, I, I run this pace and I lead the pack, or maybe you have to be aware. I've never done this before. So I'd love to like, you know, teach me how, like if, if, so, so if someone's like, hey, how does this even work? What are the, like the actual logistics of doing this besides obviously running the pace? I'd love to hear more about how that actually works. Yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a really good question. I, I have my style, so I'll preface this by saying that like anyone can shoot me a DM and be like, you're doing it wrong. This is what I would say. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's a- there's I get those DMs <laughs> all the time. <laughs> the podcast is not. Yeah, exactly, you're doing it wrong. Uh, we love those DMs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're completely right. The bit, The first big piece, which I, I we were talking about it offline again. Like I, I am acutely aware uh, and in continuously aware. Like today, it's not about me. Obviously, we're sitting here talking about my experience at CIM and, and all of our experiences at CIM. But like this was very much coming into it in my mind. Like it's about the OTQ woman for what I'm doing, and it's about the OTQ men. Uh, that's like what this day is. Um, and, and because of that, honestly, there's like a significant level of pressure that you're feeling to like I continuously describe it as like not screw up people's races is really the big thing on one hand as extreme as like i think we both uh, all of us saw what happened in philly with someone getting dq'd for a really silly rule you don't want anyone to get dq'd that would be a nightmare that's another day conversation shout out ethan though great dude yeah uh, sounds big great. fan of ethan but uh even beyond that yeah you don't want to run 550 pace if they're trying to run 559s you don't want to run a, a 540 mile in the middle of it uh if they're not trying to do that and i think that's like the the way that i approach it essentially is at the start we get out and we try and find the the otq woman who are kind of like fluctuating i describe it as like accordioning which i'm sure peter you got to see that a lot out there but especially in the first 5k there's this massive like people at the downhills differently people got out at different paces whatever whatever and like 
the first mile, you go through that split. Kind of doesn't matter as long as you don't go too crazy at CIM, I would argue. But like most people either run that split on it, slow or fast, and then they adjust from there. Uh, and, and what I found last year, which proved to be loosely accurate this year, was like by mile two and then by, especially by mile three, it's still chaotic. But like you kind of start to find the people at that point. Um, yeah. So like I'm out there. I've eyed up the people that I'm trying to pace and I can kind of like see where they're at, but I'm not like in front of them at this point. I'm kind of just hanging out. Oh, okay. Honestly. That like, makes sense. Yeah. Try not so to get you're letting, away. you're identifying the pack and then you're like, I'll help you set that pace. But like, are you communicating with them? So that's at mile two, like the, the two other people and myself that we were with, we literally raised our hands and we're like, Hey, we're running 237 pace. And that I think was the big thing of like, okay. we, we'd kind of decided beforehand that we were going to go off the effort, which is seemingly what most of these people are doing. They're running the uphill miles a little bit slower than the downhill miles. The downhill miles are a little bit faster. Like you're not really running like 559, 559, 559 no. for the women's OTQ over and over. It's like 603, 556, whatever. Um, but we're trying to let the ladies in the pack dictate that. Nice. But what we did try and make very clear, because this has been – uh, problem is probably the wrong way to describe it, but occasionally there's someone who like wants OTQ but wants to run 236 or wants to OTQ but wants to go through the half at like 119 and then pick it up. Um, usually it's the faster individuals that for like the pacing it becomes tricky. Um, but what we did was like, hey, we're going to run 237 pace like we're the otq pacers if you want to run faster we made it very clear like we're not going to go with you we're not going to run 555 the entire nice. race um and, and that's fine like we're staying on that pace throughout and if the pack kind of absorbs us at certain points and we're still just there it, i looked over my shoulder multiple times and there's just like the same ladies are there and then there's some that kind of accordion off the front and come back and the same thing that's happening at the back yeah i talked to katrina spratford a couple of weeks ago about her experience like with you know getting the OTQ last time and her relationship with the OTQ group. And for her, like running with a lot of people, like soaks energy up for yeah. some people, like running with a lot of people gives them energy, right? It's that group effect that we hear so many, so often about for her it was almost like the opposite. Almost like a really big vibrant group was almost like an energy vampire yeah. in a way for her. So she was aware of the OTQ group was and just went out like basically 50 yards ahead. Yeah. So like it was her and like, the group was like three people at the beginning and maybe like eight people up at the end, but like they were purposely like, Hey, we're just, it's, it's kind of more quiet right here. We're yeah. all running the same pace, but they just kind of like went out in front. Did you see any of that kind of jockeying back and forth going on? Oh, a hundred percent. And I think this is where Peter, what you probably saw more than anything was there's just like people that are 50 meters down the road or 50 meters behind. And like, Though I like turned to my buddies a few times who were pacing and like, it, we'll get them eventually kind of thing. Like we'll absorb that pack, but it never happened. Like they just kind of stayed where they stayed. And I think that was a very like conscious decision. There were people running with everyone. No one was like fully, fully, I say, and we definitely absorbed a few individuals, but for the most part, it's exactly what you said. I think people kind of made that call. 5k four miles five miles in uh, and i also think just the way the marathon works like you feel really good at those parts of the races so like i'm not really doing anything at that point i'm letting everyone kind of do whatever they want and then there was though a very distinctive like like i was in the middle of the pack i was at the side i would get to the front and then i get eaten up again and then at a certain point i can't remember exactly which mile it was but i believe it was right around 10k 
like the what, five of us who were out there with the same target of like running 237 pace there we just kind of met each other out there actually shout out nick willis nick willis was out there doing that okay um great guy uh and then this guy jake like we just found us five like five wide at the front of the pack and then that until until I dropped was how it went. Like no one else at that point was like trying to push beyond us. And I think it was kind of that, like if you wanted to be away from the pack, you'd found your space. And then if you wanted to like be behind us, you'd found like us and trying to go to sleep. If you will. I just love this because to me, it speaks to what makes marathoning beautiful, which is like, it's just a foot race and you're welcome to do whatever you want. And like, it's almost about you knowing what you want to do and whether you're executing your own race. So like you can run 50 meters ahead. I know guys who will run 50 meters ahead of the OTQ pack, but they don't really mean to. Yeah. And then they burn off energy and it doesn't necessarily go well for them, but they don't even, they're not even necessarily aware that that's what they want to do. They just get nervous and shoot up ahead. Yeah. But like the woman you're mentioning, she knows then she executes that plan. And that's great. I mean, I was joking with a woman before this at lunch about how, I was like, you know, you also had men in your group because they're welcome to run a foot race at the same pace as you. A ton of men in that group. And I'd love to talk to you about that because you had a great view of this, like as these groups evolved, because you, you're on your bike, you're like, you, you went the whole course. What was it like? Is Tim's view of this was very different than your view of it, even if you were viewing the same group. All right, I want to take a quick break, first of all, to talk about VDOT. VDOT O2 is fantastic. It's a wonderful service, especially for runners. So if you're a runner out there and you are trying to coordinate your running, maybe you're not coach, you're self-coach, but you want to find a place to organize all your stuff, to look, have it look as professional as possible, and to get assistance with what training paces to use, VDOT O2 is where it is at. I love this stuff. I coordinate my own running through there. In addition to that, you also can see different pace settings. So once you have a good... Um, a good idea what your fitness is, you plug it into the V.O2 system. It can tell you what your threshold pace is, your marathon pace, your half marathon pace, your 5K interval pace, all of that stuff. And you can set up the workouts exactly how you want them. Then you can then load the workouts into your watch, whether it's Coros, Garmin, or your Apple Watch. In addition to that, it goes the other way too. Once you do your workout, it uploads right to VDOT. It's all saved there and you can look at all the data. It's such a great service. In addition to that, 14-day free trial if you use code RAMBLING at checkout, and you can save 20% at v.o2.com using code RAMBLING today. Also want to give a shout-out to John G. Winter is here. Let me tell you my favorite attires for winter running. Simple. The Mercury jogger pants, the waffle shirt, and the Zephyr wind jacket on top. I've been rocking that in the 30-degree weather range. You know, sometimes a little bit more than 30, sometimes a little bit less. But that is my go-to. The Mercury pants are fantastic. The waffle shirt. I want to wear the waffle shirt all day long, but I do try to save it for my runs. It's such a great combo. In addition to that, a five-year run guarantee. Go to johng.com. Use code RAMBLING. Save 15% on not only the best running attire I've ever worn, but stuff that's going to last you forever. This stuff is fantastic. Again, johng.com. Using code RAMBLING today. And that's where, like, if you guys want to run as a wall, which I think is awesome because it sets a tone and you're, it, this race is here for that, among other things. Um, Rachel Drake, who came on a minute ago, uh, she was talking about how she was lurking at the back of that pack. You know, she is a crusher. She ran, she finished fifth. She ran 235. But she was talking about how she lurked. You know, she, she took confidence from your guys' pack. She was lurking in the back, then she moved up, and then she eventually moved beyond as it sort of thinned. But Everyone's welcome to do that. I, I will say it's more and more confusing 
when it's just a stream of humanity. You know, I've definitely been in packs like Chicago a decade ago. I was like, hey guys, what are you running? And guys go sixes, sixes. And you know, and then, you know, it's on everyone to like look at the clock and know roughly, okay, 10 miles, one hour. Like, and if you're trying to run an OTQ, that's too slow. Like, and like yeah. that's what's so brutal is like these things are like, relentless so yeah I'm, I'm curious like you get to 10k and you start to establish that wall what is the next what do the next four or five miles look like because those things are going up and down and up oh, and down yeah. and that that's where it's like you start to get people who are coming backwards first of all and you both are completely right as well like there's a lot of dudes out there which i, I think is a funny tangent that we can go down to like <laughs> 237 is an arbitrary goal that usatf threw out there which is awesome it's like all, all of these goals are arbitrary 230 is arbitrary it's just maybe a little more ocd because it's like a round yeah. number yeah but like 237 is a random ass goal there's a lot of dudes now who are like 237 is my goal which is funny to see like it, yep. it's just like for whatever reason it, it's now a number that has meaning and people have grasped onto that but and yeah. that end is that like it's that sub six minute pace yeah i yeah. think for a lot of people it's like it's not the 237 like say, say this was like two years ago yeah it wouldn't be like 237 because of the otq number it's like no i want to try flat. to run sub six minute pace for a marathon what is that and what is 237 there's yeah. like 237 like 23 or something i remember <laughs> i only did it because uh Years ago, when I was training, I was looking for a goal, and my buddy's like, I always thought I could run six minute pace for a marathon. I'm like, Really? I'm like, I don't think you could. And he's like, Do you think you could? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's go see. <laughs> so, like, that became my goal because you're like, I would love to see that five. I mean, CJ Alverson gave it yeah. yesterday. He's like, You know, you sometimes see that four at the beginning of, and you're like, What are you talking about, dude? But it's but, like for half marathons, like people being like, I want to break 132. And yeah. like a non runner, they're like, That seems like the most random goal. Why 132? And it's like, because that's some seven minute pace. Nice, yeah. nice. And it, okay. it's funny that like it goes backwards. Like the two hour marathon or two hour half is, is completely different than eight minute pace. And yeah, like it's yeah. funny how those find numbers just find, find those meetings. Yeah, and they're just random out there. But there were to that point, tons and tons of guys out there. Um, the relays happening simultaneously, which was really interesting to see because occasionally a bunch of people would peel off. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like so this, this is for chaos. people listening is um, oh, yeah. CIM does a, <laughs> Is it a two-person relay or four-person? I think or, it's a two-person. Okay, yeah. And maybe there's multiple ones because I know yeah. but I did talk to a bunch of people who were like, I'm running the first half or I'm running the second half. Okay. Yeah. So, you can, yeah, you can run the marathon as a re relay team. So, that's great. Yeah. It's super interesting. And, and for future state, Tim, like a really interesting way if you want to help people get to the finish line uh, and you're maybe not capable of running 26.2. Yeah. I don't know if that's allowed or not, actually. Don't quote <laughs> me on that. Uh, but we'll yeah, have to I, do a relay as as the relay podcast. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Oh, we're out that'd here. Be sick. That's a different, like, here you guys we are. all got to sit together. Some fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at what point were you aware that either the energy in the group or the complexion of the group was starting to change, not because of the accordion back and forth and people finding their rhythm, but because it was starting to wear on people yeah. and they were starting to drop back. And at any point, if you want to introduce how the weather changed and changed oh, yeah. quickly on course, it went from, I think like 52 to 62, it felt like in 10 seconds yeah. and there were no, and there was no cloud cover. Non-runners might be like 62 degrees. That sounds great. But if it's 62 and you're already hot, and it's complete sun exposure, yeah. it does feel a little bit different. Maybe it didn't, maybe that wasn't relevant at the early stages of people dropping off, but maybe I'd love to hear at what point it maybe did become a reality. Yeah, I, I think two parts, because the weather piece is super, super important. Then I'll answer the other question as well within there of like, I think I noticed pretty immediately, I will say, of like how humid, was, humid out it was. Like I, I felt 
immediately upon starting, like maybe a mile or two in, like, oh, I'm sweating. I ran in a short sleeve tee because I was like, oh, I got a training run, and it was not a training run. Spoiler alert. But, like, I, I felt hotter than I thought, and there was a part of me that realized, like, th this is a, a different day than what people expected it to be. In Sacramento, this doesn't happen either. I mean, and granted, like, we're complaining about the humidity a little bit here, and, like, it's just because the weather's so perfect in Sacramento all the time. Like, anything not perfect okay. is... CIM is, like, a B-plus yeah. weather day, like, everywhere else. Yeah, but it is, like, the, the margins are so fine. It is simultaneously extraordinarily relevant to the conversation. The margins are the is, point. Yeah, That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And to your question, I think it was... Like, I want to say it was mile, like, 10, 11, where the sun kind of started to peek through, and, and that was just, like, early, and you're relatively exposed. There's, a, I mean, it's beautiful out here. That is one thing. Shout out to, like, Sacramento Fall. Just the, the leaves changing and all of that was amazing, and there is tree cover, but it did start to feel warm, and I think uh, I, the thing that I noticed, and granted, it seemingly a lot of people realized that it was humid and, and maybe a little hotter, because every water station we hit, like, people were diving at the water, and that was, like, a little bit chaotic but it, like yeah get water get it in your system get it in early like all the advice that every first time marathoner hears or any time marathoner granted like get if it's a hot day get fluids in early and often that that seemed to be advice that people were taking but yeah i think it was like right around that world and i honestly did not connect these dots until just now so shout out to the question as well but like 10k it felt like I don't know this to be true. Peter might be able to confirm or, or tell me I'm just wrong because I'm like in the race and maybe a little delirious, but I thought the pack was maybe like 75 people that we were with. That felt like it went all the way to like mile 12. I feel like I was still looking over my shoulder and everyone was there and we hit halfway and it was just like in that one mile it had exploded. It was just like a train had kind of massively accordioned out. Uh, there were maybe 20 of us that were still driving forward and we went through the half in 118 13 118 12 okay. i probably need to go look at my split but like on pace a little quick but, but not you always want to be a little quick yeah like, i don't think anyone well, give yourself a buffer and with the eight stations too right you have to yeah. feel like you can't like you have to throw that into the mix right like when you're going through the aid station you're not going to keep your goal pace yeah because that's just not how the eight stations work, right? Like there's traffic, there's cups, you're trying to drink, you're grabbing things. Like there's no way you're going to maintain perfect pacing as you're it's going through it. It's hard to because, I mean, it's a roller. So I always say about CIM, it's like two steps up, three steps down. Like you're going to get it back. But I was on a bike and we, I hopped out of a car that for those listening, like the road splits at uh, just after 10. So the runners are on the right. I was able to bike on the left without impeding anyone. And I biked back towards there's a hill that leads up to a 12 and it's uphill like and you're 12 miles into running beyond for a lot of these people like right at the edge of what they thought they're capable of and i was out there screaming like this is the hardest part like you've got to stick with it you've got to stick with it because you'll get a downhill coming up because you could just see the look in people's eyes they're like uh oh uh oh uh oh um so i it doesn't surprise me at all that by um technically the half marathon is out of downhill but they've had to endure that uphill and it's just like ugh. in that kind of like quick little like you have that uphill you also have the like quick little like shuffle through that almost like that little village yeah. kind of feel like it's the right and then the left and then there's another kind of a mini hill there yeah. and that's where the people usually do the whole like i thought there weren't any hills here yeah this is some real deals <laughs> it's a lot hillier than people give it credit for but but i mean again both of you are completely right i think like those little hills start to try and expose stuff. And I think, Peter, you were kind of asking about, like, the approach to hills before. We definitely tried to back off on them. I think there's...
some sports scientist could probably tell me the reality. Like, I, I don't think anyone ever backs off enough on the hills. Like, it's still yeah. harder if you're trying to run the right effort. We, we're running, like, 602 uphill, and we're trying to run 559. Yeah. We're probably trying should be trying to run, like, But, again, it's slower. on them to, yeah. like, I was saying to some guys yesterday, like, if you want to let the pack go four feet, like, four, four meters, yeah. and then catch them again, um, that's running. You know, that's you making your own race, and you got to do it. You know, so it's not I, as much as, as we say, like, turn off your brain and just follow the person. That's only really, really possible at a dead flat race where you're yeah. just like, I'm going to have to do my own thing. And it, I feel like in dead flat races, you see more of like on it, on it and explosions. Like yeah. one guy pops, two guys pop, four, you know, four women pop, boom, and they're gone. Whereas like on the rollers, you, you some people catch up, you know, and you're like, it's, it's a different mindset. It's like, it, it plays the different strengths. Um, I definitely saw, I was a little bit closer to the men's pack and you'd see some people be like, who could just mentally rally and they would catch up to that pack. Yeah. Wait, and super, super interesting. Cause yeah, like it, we passed halfway and the pack had kind of exploded and I'm not going to jump all the way to the finish cause we can keep talking about it. But like we rolled on a few ladies that were coming back like relatively quickly. And I know definitively, cause I recognize one of the kits. It was a distinctive shout out to the mail city kits. Uh, they're very distinctive, but like <laughs> I saw her, she OTQ'd and it was like, Oh, oh. I'm on OTQ pace and I roll on you. And she settled into the pack. So nice. she stayed in, but like we came up on them pretty quick to the point where you'd think they're going backwards. And in reality, it was just like, maybe she was looking for someone to run with whatever it was like she was able to rally obviously which was super super awesome i wish i knew her name off the yeah. top of my That's head tough. you but... don't see a lot of people who run the edge like that yeah and rally exactly. usually it's like a linear negative progression once you kind of hit that point of no return yeah which is crazy and i mean and i think that's the other crazy thing because to exactly peter's point rolling into to 13 and a half and what you were saying about the village like it kind of strains out we come through the halfway and the woman's is gun time, or I keep saying this wrong. It's chip time, not gun time yeah. now. So yeah. we're going off gun time. Obviously, I don't know where everyone was on the starting line, so that's impossible. But like, as I went 15, and then I jogged a mile because there was a we were dropping at a certain point, and I was going to Uber to the finish with some other people that I knew were going to drop there. Um, like the people 50 people back are still on otq pace oh yeah they're passing me i'm like you're good like yeah. you're on it you're not you're doing dying great. right now yeah which is awesome yeah i mean i was out there on a bike i would often like drift to the back of some i'm like you are you guys are doing it like yeah. it is right there um you're still running the race you got enough miles that this is all within the window of what you're doing but oh it's so brutal now in your area especially say like the last five miles right so 10 to 15 before you left the race what was like the male female breakout breakdown of like of your area? Cause I say this as someone who's at the finish line filming the women's OTQ group coming in. So that at that point, the men are finishing to the South on the South finish line. There's a median with like a whole bunch of people. And then there's on the North finish line. That's where the women are coming through. So I don't, I didn't get a great like image of exactly who was crossing, but I can see them on when they took the left-hand turn onto that road. It feel, felt like, a, like a huge swarm of guys who are finishing between like 235 and 237. Like it was like, I, I know no one was doing video of their finish because everyone was focusing <laughs> on the women, but I was like, I don't, I can't imagine how many people are finishing this race. Like this is, this is incredible. Like, so again, shout out to all of these people. It's really fantastic. But again, going back to those, that five mile stretch, what was the, the kind of the gender breakdown in amongst your group? Yeah, I think like as before the pack exploded, let me say, it felt much more like it was 75% ladies. And then I think it was a combination of the pack kind of accordioning out 
Um, some people falling off. And again, like some people falling off probably because they're just like, I want to run a little slower at the half or whatever it might be. So there are a lot of these ladies still on OTQ pace and maybe some guys coming backwards. Like when I, when I stepped off, I would say it was 50, 50 in the end. And Rachel Drake brought up something interesting in our conversation that she was like, she was delighted and very surprised because this was not her experience in the European trail running scene was like the amount of like boisterous support from the men to the women's OTQ group, like on course. Again, these people have their own goals. They're not like hobby jogging out there. They're, they're working just as hard, but they were like, they saw what these women were going for, what they were trying to do and were really being supportive. I don't know if that happened later on in the race, but did you see any of that while you were with them? Oh, a hundred percent. I think the fear is always on, like, again, just worrying about things. I think there's stereotypes about dudes who like get too competitive. Everyone's heard about like a guy who races a girl on an easy run or whatever. And it's just like, don't do that dudes. But like, it was awesome for the most part, I would say like, no, I, not for the most part. I, I did not have any interaction on the course where it was a guy like pressing the pace off the front of the OTQ group or whatever it might be. I do think there was, and again, I think this is, if I had to guess part of the CIM, like self-selection, the, the running IQ, if you will, of this community is really, really high. So I think any guy that was in the realm of like a 235 knew that there would probably be women's OTQ pacing hopefuls around them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I think just like people are stoked about other people's goals. Like I talk a lot about it. Again, I can really say like my own experience is just like I get extraordinarily fired up about like people achieving goals of that level no matter what. And it's really amazing to watch the woman be able to like rise to the standard we talked about before 245 down to 237 so amazing um, but even beyond that it's just like again like i can actually run with a lot of these ladies in new york as well because they're such incredibly talented runners that are like we can do long runs together we can do easy runs together we can do some of our workouts together it's awesome um and that's super super cool and yeah like even as it started to split uh, i think there was and i mean like just really easy examples is like the 237 guys don't have elite fluids but they're getting out of the way uh there was one point where like we're all getting a little tired and I, had, I just yelled like guys watch out and like everyone immediately moved out of the way oh, which is them. cool like it's yeah. awesome there it was really good etiquette i will say there. the numbers and goals get really weird like i was talking to a danielle domincelli who puts the other the elite pack and i was saying how like and we've talked about this over the last two years the 237 actually sucks some of the enjoyment out of uh going for 240 yeah. and like women breaking 240 is just badass but like women there's a trap the last two years of like if you're gonna go for 239 why are you going for 236 even though that's nutty like that's a three-minute difference yeah the percent difference is drastic again as someone who's a more of a four-hour marathoner like 402 to 359 again that's a big difference but the percent difference isn't anywhere near what you just mentioned so then what i think you play it forward to rachel was describing her she was really charging to 235 and so she's passing men who i think are like they're going for 230. They're going for uh, maybe they're going for 235 and they're falling off and she's charging. And so they're thinking like, hell yeah, like let's help this woman who's crushing right now. Um, last year I ran this race and Paige Stoner was winning the U.S. national championship and she's like catching us. And this guy's like, Bronco, let's help her. And I'm like, help her. How? She's <laughs> winning the race. <laughs> like, I think like let's let's mansplain her how to run a marathon. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to try to get out of this shot. If you've ever like shout out to anyone. She set ever... the course record that day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're watching, um, if you're watching runner space, uh, the live, like live feed, I'm like, 
I looked into the camera and I was like, anyone watching this, I probably know them. Like we are of the same, cut from the same cloth. I need to get out of this shot. Like I do not want to be like memeified as the guy who got in Paige's way. I'm like, I'm out of here. But like, you know, she was charging. And so like, you also have to let the woman just like, yeah, make her way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't jog in lane one. You know, <laughs> isn't it what what just happened in Berlin? Didn't Jared Ward have oh, this yeah. happen or something? Yeah, I mean, like, shout uh, out to uh, that uh. as well. I mean, in that vein as well, like, dude, you should just hopped on Paige's back, like, because she maybe could have pulled you along. It's like, yeah, like the who cares? It doesn't matter the gender at that point. It's like, yeah, you can maybe help me like rally a little bit. That could be sick. And there's excitement there. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a great comparison. That was fun to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, yeah. that, that was... four mile stretch with them together. That yeah. was fantastic. Insane. I ended up talking to the cameraman. I was like, I'm trying to get out of your shot. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm working. But, yeah, there, there is a piece of that of like, it's her moment. You don't yeah, want yeah. to ruin like, it. Uh, but maybe you're like up to yeah. mile 25. We, yeah. we should have like someone weigh in. I'm not the authoritative voice on like what that indicated should be. I would love one of these like elite ladies to let me know like what, what mile, or maybe a race director, what mile should I get out of that shot? Well, if it's, someone... also, it's funny you mentioned that because the woman who won, she had clearly she knew the person, a man. They were running together and there was almost another man. Anyways, it's all to say the woman who won ran with a, not exactly in a group, but next to some men so in so discreetly that like n there was no fanfare. I noticed this multiple times. Like she's going down the road and you just didn't notice. She was quite strong. Like she's pretty tall. And so she, don't, I think people just didn't notice her and there would be a bike off to the side. But unlike a lot of races, um, where you're like, oh, here's clearly a woman who's like this little pipsqueak and they scoot along around. You're like, no way. This woman was just like ripping down the road and no one saw her coming. And so a lot of fans were going like, here's the lead woman. Here's like, like, let's celebrate her. But like she was in like discreetly winning this race. So, Tim, when you made your way to the finish line, so you so you leave at 15, you hop in an Uber, you get to the finish line. I guess, what were you like? What was the expectation? What were you hoping for? I mean, we all remember 2019. We, we all, I mean, I still watch the videos. They're absolutely fantastic. You know, what was your experience watching, you know, the, the race, you know, ult, you know, get to that, that penultimate moment that you were, you know, tangentially a part of yeah i think it's uh i, I the first big thing is i think i am again uh, acutely aware that uh i'm dropping at 16 and like this is the meat and potatoes of the marathon that people are going <laughs> into unfortunately and like I, i'm not there to help so i'm sorry uh but yeah like i think it's like you have no idea what's happening i i did not uh, do a great job, which sometimes I do of like loading up the app beforehand or whatever it might be. I, I, I had not done that. Uh, so I'm in the Uber, it's a 25 minute Uber to the finish line and I'm like ripping through the results and starting to pull people up. And I'm like, Oh, like this guy's still on it. This person's still on it, but I'm not like, I don't know everyone's bib number or everyone's name that I was in the group with. Um, so I think it's like, Part of me is optimistic that it's going to be like an absolutely spectacular day. I think shout out Jeff Merrill. They did that prediction contest as well. And I think I like slightly facetiously and slightly not was like 85 women and like 50 dudes or something wow. just like bananas. And yeah. I'm like, this is going to be nuts. Like, yeah. I, let's go. I, let's yeah, go. Like super stoked. I also definitely thought that like the the feeling was so many people had waited for CIM. Like I thought there would be oh. and there were like a ton of people out there attempting to OTQ. But I, we were talking about the weather before. Like I'm also aware as a runner myself. Like it, this is not ideal days. Yeah. Like when the margins yeah. are fine, uh, this might uh, put a damper on some people who I'm sure are capable of OTQing, but right. not. And, and, and Peter mentioned like running between two thirty eight and two forty one, two or two is 
absolutely bonkers fast. Yeah. So and there, there was a lot of women coming through in that in that range. Oh, right? and you could tell, and you feel bad because you're. And the same thing with the guys who were on the other side of it, where like you um. You can see the emotion that they're feeling, of course, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's on their face. But at the same time, you're also like, you had a really good day. Yeah. Like, you had this great day. And, and you know, Peter's talked about this extensively and, and he's done a great job with it. But you know, but being able to witness it yeah. in person, for me, was a different experience as someone who's able to, like, see all these videos. Again, you, you get the sense of it. But seeing an athlete in person is not the same as seeing someone on video and it, you, you really get the sense of the moment which is interesting i know you were you were right there you were even closer than i was yeah it's not and you reminded me immediately like that we were talking about the various goals the sub 240 thing before for women as well it, there's a few parts of it one piece is like massive shout out to i i know multiple individuals that went out there with like i i know one woman from new york this girl ellen flood who like this is her second marathon she trained with leanne who was trying to otq and she went out there to run two. 45, which is like ballsy in the end. It's like, oh, you made the choice not to o attempt to OTQ, and that's awesome. And she had a great day. She yeah. crushed it. Like, absolutely amazing. I know a bunch of people went out for 240. Super, super cool. But then to exactly what you're saying as well, uh, like – there's a number of people, Peter, someone that you know, Chris Maxwell is coming to mind and I'm familiar with Chris as well, but like, it, cause it's this really jarring we're at the finish line you're seeing, especially on the men's side this year, which was really cool to get down there in time. I was really, really lucky. Probably shout out to my lack of fitness for not being able to make it further, <laughs> but like, like getting there and seeing, I think there were two guys that got under by two seconds and one yeah. second respectively. Like that's nuts. But the immediate like switch flip that happens where it's like, Oh, two seventeen fifty nine, and then I—I I mean, I don't know what it was, but like two eighteen oh two. There was an O two, and it's just like he's bombed, and it's. Yeah. I did just watch the video a second ago, and it yeah. sucks. And, and, and she's going to be on this podcast in I think two days. This woman, Tammy yeah. from Boston, who had this experience, and she had people might have seen the video. She's wearing, I think, a white tracksmith singlet with a the gold sash going across it, and so she crosses, and it's gun time, two thirty seven oh one. But as Tim has mentioned, okay. it's chip time. But the problem is that like the volunteers don't know uh -oh. if where she started. Yeah, they don't. Know. You know, so like at the finish line, they're giving out the flags yeah. to the OTQ group. So we'll, I'll, I'll talk to Timmy about this later. But like her moment is like, yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah. And then it was like you a minute the later, good, hello, surprise. A minute later, <laughs> a, 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 a official comes up to her, hands her a flag, and he's like, congratulations. So like I mouthed her, I'm like. She doesn't know me from Adam, but I'm standing right there watching this whole thing unfold. And I'm like, did you get it? And she looks at me, she goes, I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh, like, man. this was a crazy moment. And she's like, she's now done. She has now done the experience and still isn't sure. Well, I mean, like, and it's like those, I can't wait to talk to her. Those about yeah. results are unofficial for quite a while. Like they check everything. They run back through. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I just want to bring back everything you're describing, the stress involved in today. It, it's beautiful. It was very different than four years ago. Um, four years ago, we, as we all like witnessed how many women like Rose did the challenge at 245. If I recall, there were three men who were each like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, who were the official pacers from CIM. And they were like these very jovial guys who were like, we're going to run 244, 45. And I, think, I think Ali Fellow interviewed all of them. It was yeah, a fantastic yeah, yeah. podcast. Was the whole thing. Yeah. And they were, they were like back slapping and loving because like there's more oxygen at that pace. And so like there's happiness and there's like, and the, and they went like yeah, the, yeah, the 26.2 miles. And so it's different when you look. So, I mean, 
Brendan Martin crushed. And see, he was uh, the, the pacer from Bandit who ran 515s. He led the men's OTQ pack. He had a number on his back. And there's a certain vibe you have to give off as a pacer, which is like, I'm in control. I'm not erratic pacing. Um, you know, maybe I, I just exude some confidence. I was, I was biking next to him and I was, I could just see how the guys trusted him. So he was doing a great job. He peels off at uh, 22 Matt Lanahan, who's qualified for the trial. So both of these guys have tr qualified. He went to 23 and there's a little bit of a difference where for the men, um, it becomes this no man land of like the OTQ is just out here somewhere. And, um, you all just, the, it boils down to like, you got to go. Whereas like that for the women, it used to be like, you got to stand with those three tall guys. And now because it's a lot faster, you know, there's some men out there who like ran with women to the line, but there wasn't a definitive, like these guys from the start because it's a really aggressive pace. Yeah. And the men and women feel were pretty similar in terms of like the podium was not far removed from the OTQ group. Yeah. Right. So like we talked about Rachel Drake earlier, she finishes fourth. I think Peyton Thomas finishes fifth or sixth. They're in the two thirty-fives. I mean, it went very quickly from like the podium has finished to we are on OTQ watch. It was like seconds later, you know? And I think the men was not a whole lot different. You know, CJ comes busting through. He takes the lead with two miles to go. This isn't like the point of this particular podcast, but I figure like I should bring this up real quick. But CJ busts through, he gets the win. In a, in a very similar way. Now, there was a bigger time gap because I think there was... No, the women's winner was eight minutes ahead of the OTQ time. So it was the women's winner comes in. It's three minutes later. Allie Kiefer comes in. She takes second. It's another three minutes until third comes in. So third comes in at exactly 2.35. I remember at that point, I'm like, we have two minutes left in only three, in three women across the line. And I think if you had to place bets, you mentioned before, like... If I told you it was two minutes left, how many women have finished? And if you not many people would have said three, and oh. then it was like, you know, two or three dozen over the next two minutes By are the way, then if coming ever, in hot. If you get the chance, it's very this is like the most niche thing I'll say on this podcast to stand on like the west side of the the finish line or the east side of the finish line, um, and because you don't know who's coming around that corner, yeah, and you know yeah. that corner is the like the final straight is probably going to take you know. 20 something seconds and yeah. so the crowd is just like come on you just want more people to be coming out like, like everyone's just kind of like i don't know they're just saying nonsense like come on come on come on like yeah like, give me some more people yeah it's true and then on the men's side it was like if cj finishes 2 11 30 ish yeah. i would say yeah. maybe it was 2 10 30 but it was, it was one of those it yeah was like, it was yeah it was yeah it was really 2 10 45 because it wasn't it was the it wasn't record. the course record but it wasn't like unbelievably far off right and then I think Christian Allen finished yeah. eighth. I remember this because he was in the lead for like the whole race. Yeah. And then I think CJ passed him with about 5K to go. Debut marathon. Debut, okay. yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Know. Didn't know anything about it. And then like, again, and shortly thereafter, that's when the OTQ, OTQ group started coming in. Okay. Like right after Christian, that's when it was like, okay, now we're starting to see people in twos and threes cycle in. And then you hear, if people don't know, if you've never been to the CIM finish line, you know, they're coming down L Street which is going basically in the opposite direction of the finishing shoot, but it's 50 feet from the finish line to your right. If you're looking at the finish line. So you hear the, you hear the roar of like, here they come. And the same thing with the men and the women, like here comes like the two, three dozen people yeah. who are charging that we can't wait to watch. So like where I was standing right next to the finish line, you knew when they were like, if, if there was no, if there was no clock, I would have known when they were coming. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have had to look be like, uh oh, it's you know, 
236.20 or on the men it's 216.20 I would have heard the roar be like here they come they're going to be here in 20 seconds and the just excitement it builds I, for anyone that's watching I did want to pull up shout out Charlie Sweeney finished oh. third in the men's race in a Lost Boys singlet oh, wow. I've never met yes, him did. before wow. I came around the corner to the finish line and I like am peering down the street I'm like I think I recognize it is that a bandit singlet and then he came out of the shadows and it's a Lost Boys singlet I'm like what the hell is going on what right is going now? on because I've never seen a guy in a Lost Boys singlet run that fast but no you're completely right it's like the uh, I was watching the Tim video Rosie, before the founder of the Lost Boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah shout out yeah there's a reason I'm shouting that out right now obviously but yeah no it is like really fun to watch because i was watching that like straight on shot of the finish line and exactly what you're saying of like all of a sudden they come around the corner and it's so exciting especially as you're getting closer to that time and, and i think peter you were saying it before as well where the like margins are super fine but it's like stressful for me watching as well because i think it was in the guys race there was a group of maybe like 10 that came around the corner simultaneously yes and part of me is just like panicking watching but in reality <laughs> it's just like they got to keep running for another 100 meters the same pace they've been running oh, like here we go i don't and, and i mean you can probably describe it like turning that corner i know obviously no, yeah, yeah, like no. a crazy experience with you but like how that feels because you're at your limits at that point there's not really a choice it seems like to like and the fans get cut pretty tight like this isn't a boston uh or new york in terms of like the depths of the fans on the fences so um for those two turns you know you're, yeah you're, i always laugh because like with the first turn to the left you're in i would go into the gutter and i'm like I have run, I'm running my pinnacle marathon. I'm in the fucking gutter right now. Like, because you're just trying to take the hardest line. Um, and it's, I mean, what was cool is I, I came here, we interviewed Rachel Drake. I, I rode a bike back and there's still people turning that double turn at yeah. four and a half hours and the sun is coming up over the state capitol. Like this is why people come here. It's just like a beautiful finish. No line. question about it. And being at the finish line, the fun part was like, it was like watching like an action movie. Like I, I think back to like, Indiana Jones Temple of the Doom where like the big stone yeah, the yeah, big yeah. rock is like coming and you're like hurry up it's gonna get you like hurry up hurry up like you're just waiting you're watching them come at you and like they're like they're pushing and you're like yeah. you have the, this pull energy like you want you're trying to pull them to you you're gonna make me throw up you know? yeah yeah but, you know, but it, it's, it's an odd experience I've never had that experience I've only seen this on video oh yeah, yeah. go I've, go I've, go and I've witnessed marathons but it's been on the course like they are going by me yeah as opposed to like being at the end and they're coming at you. There's it was so such many an people, interesting viewing experience. But what's cool about it is it is a moment that you get swept up in if you're like fortunate at any of these barriers to go. Yeah. And the best thing, I mean, people have often asked me like, what was it like when you knew you weren't going to hit the time? And I'm like, the beauty of it was like, I was so absorbed in the moment. I was just hammering and like the chips fell where they may. And you're not like sitting there outside of your yourself like reflecting on what this means in your life you're just like let's go and that's why people marathon and it's just like you get swept up in it for any of these things and it's just wonderful it's no different when i was you know, i was walking back it was like the 310 the three some of the 310 finishers and like, it oh. was this it was the same emotions yeah it was the same emotions that i saw at 210 it's so there's wonderful. no question about it yeah no, and that's exciting. like i have the it's my favorite rant in the world about like the the beauty and the difference of running is like you're i mean maybe elliot kipchoge is a little different than everyone else but you you can be cj albertson winning today you can be bqing at 330 for the first time you can go back out there probably right now and like yeah. see people running six or seven or eight hours like we were both at the yeah. finish line of the new york city marathon when they're shutting the finish line down and it truly is the same emotions of like you win the race all the way to you're the dead last finisher it's genuinely like a different experience obviously at different paces but for the most part like you're pushing your body to your limits 
you're you're achieving something that whether it's the OTQ, whether it's missing the OTQ, whether it's BQN, whether it's your first marathon, whether you blew up and missed your goal, like you tried to do something and you did it, or you DNF'd and you want to do it again, and like there's all those emotions, and it's so cool that like that connection exists. Well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been an absolute blast. Hopefully, <laughs> we can reconnect. I'm sure you'll be in Orlando, oh, as yeah. will we for the Olympic trials. Again, thank you so much for coming on the show, dude. Appreciate it. It was a blast.